How do you handle your Jaguars in week 14? Is there a new must-start running back in the AFC East? And which players do you have to get in or out of your lineups on FFPC and Fantasy Pros League Championship weekend? Plus, Eric Wright, the fifth-place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, uh, is going to join us to talk about C.J. Stroud, uh, Parker Washington, of all people, and much more. We've got a great show for you tonight. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in, all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. It is indeed the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I are going to dish on the cloudy Seahawks running back situation, the muddled Texans tight end room, and then Eric Wright, the fifth place team in the uh, uh, championship round of the Fantasy Pros Championship, which will start next weekend, uh, is going to jump on to talk Royce Freeman, stretch run roster construction for the championship round, and much more. If you want to connect with us on the X, please do so at HSFFR. I'm at Eric Balkman, E-R-I-C-B-A-L-K-M-A-M. And always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR as well. And email us at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, uh, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment. Coming up later on in the show, thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Go to myffpc.com right now to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose the 10 or 12 players, depending upon if you want to play with kickers and defenses or not. Uh, Buy Sunday's kickoff at 1 p.m. and then just watch your points pile up for the remainder of the weekend. Remember, only one player per team. No stacking in this competition. $35 $35 or $200 to enter, you can win up to $2,500. And you say, Balky, that sounds really familiar. Isn't that just like the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge? Yes. In fact, it is almost exactly like the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, which is back. We actually have two of them this year. Two great contests, the same awesome format. No draft or salary cap here. Just choose the 12 players that you want. Watch them ride, not through the weekend, but for the duration of the playoffs. That will kick off at the start of Wild Card Weekend. You can win $500,000 or $100,000, depending upon if you want to pay $200 to enter or if you want to enter the $35 one. Either one uh, you can do and win a six-figure payoff. You can register for those. That contest is open and ready for you to play at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share uh, it with your friends and enemies and get notified every time we go live like we are tonight. Speaking of live, let's bring in the, the livest person I know. You follow him on the X at J. Farrell Elliott and at KFFSC official, KFFSC.com commissioner, 
one J Farrell Elliott. Farrell, happy December eighth to you, my friend. Uh, I am I am live. I'm looking a little blurry and and a little bit a little bit washed out, kind of corpse like over here in Kentucky. But you know what? We had a warm day, Balky. You must be using. I have a camera, a very good camera that mm-hmm. eventually I'm going to get out of this package and do some work with it. And uh, you know, new plans for the new year, Balky. <laughs> new plans for the new year, indeed. Uh, speaking of the new year, let's talk about the new show tonight. Hudson Kern Reeve piped in before we even went live tonight. And Where the hell has he been? I, I, I don't know. Probably we're coming up in the end of the semester. I assume he's grading papers and, and the like uh, for Cornell. Um, CJ Stroud or Jake Browning this week, given uh, their matchups. So that's an interesting question <laughs> that we could kick off at, at, the, at the very top of the show. Now, John Terry, uh, who's also in the chat room, said, Look, Wasp, it was one game. This seems like a big gamble. Brooklyn all day, Brooklyn all night, says Browning for sure. Um, and then, and then uh, uh, the discourse has continued now to the Chiefs running back situation, which we'll get into in a little These bit. These guys later. really don't need us, Balky. No, they just honest. like they, they, they just, really don't. We need a bot to read their comments, <laughs> and that would be a hell of a show. We, uh, we, we're we just hanging out here yeah. and, and um, providing them a space to talk. So Jake Browning this week, let's talk about it here for a second. Farrell, Jake Browning is at home against the Colts this week. C.J. Stroud mm-hmm. is at the New York Jets. I know the matchup would say, well, you got to play Browning, but I am not willing to go that far. I'm still playing C.J. Stroud over Jake Browning this week. We've got a game full of film of what Mr. Browning did, and he won't have the luxury of starting the game like he did this past week with little side shots, little flat passes, little uh, uh, verticals uh, that maybe went five yards down the field to start the game. Um, He's a a good backup quarterback. If you talk to any scout around the league, they had evaluated him at just what he's been, a practice squad guy. Now, I'm all for him stepping up behind – Uh, the tools of this excellent offense. And I think he can be very good and he's watched it and he's going to get better and he's learned. Uh, Are you going to suggest that you start him in front of CJ Stroud? Are you out of your mind? (laughs) So there you go, Kern. If you're sane, you're going to start CJ Stroud this week, according to Farrell Elliott. And I'm with Farrell on this one. I think he's still bro with Stroud against the New York Jets. Uh, Boy, what a tough situation the Jacksonville Jaguars are in, um, you know, coming into that Monday night game, they were challenging for the number one overall spot in the AFC. And now they got a lot of injuries and some significant ones to deal with. In fact, one of them so significant enough that they have placed Christian Kirk on injury reserve. This according to Ben Arthur. So that means he's out at least four weeks. That's 14, 15, 16, 17. If uh, you're following along, that's the rest of the fantasy season. No reason to keep him around anymore. Um, in fact, he could need surgery. He might be out for the remainder of the season. We'll find out. Uh, Doug Peterson didn't. I don't think Peterson said equivocally like he's done for the year, but this is going to be a tough ask for him to come back. And quite frankly, for fantasy purposes, you don't care. Uh, Parker Washington, we'll get into him a little bit too. Six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown on week 13 against the Bengals. Now, um, this is a different conversation, but John Terry said it was one week for Jake Browning. Was this one week for Parker Washington, Farrell? Is there something here? I know a lot of people went crazy buying him in the FFPC this past week. After the six-catch performance, I would be interested to know how many people grabbed him before. I guess, you know, mm. there, there was no reason to. Parker, it, we go back to the draft. And and when he went, when he was still on the board in the middle rounds or middle late, so I think he was fifth-round draft pick, uh, I, I kept looking for him to find a landing spot, and I didn't necessarily like his landing spot because I'm a big believer in Kirk. Now, Kirk's on injured reserve now. He was on injured 
do not draft list for a lot of our fantasy drafters who thought for some strange reason that he was just going to disappear this year, Balky. And now mm-hmm. people that people that had a, a Kirk in the lineup are find themselves near the top of their 12 team leagues and probably challenging for a championship. Um, the question, Parker Washington, what can you count on? He, I really did like this player. I was disappointed he went to Jacksonville and that I didn't see a role for him. And then he disappeared because he went on injured reserve. He spent a five-week middle of the season run on injured reserve. So he's just been available uh, recently. And what you're getting in this player is a guy with tremendous lower body strength who can break tackles and have contact balance. Uh, he is – the preeminent uh, design of a slot receiver, even he's 5'11", but he's 210 pounds. Most of those guys that check in that height at the receiver position, 185, 190. He's a thick, strong 210 pounds. He's not going to get separation, but he can win the uh, contested catch. And you're going to see him, the way he'll make big plays is not in separation down the field, but he'll make that slot corner miss. And so, he will challenge the slot corners around the NFL. Who do they have this weekend, Cleveland? Uh, Cleveland is battling the Jack, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars okay, uh, so at the, 1 o'clock. That's uh, Mitchell uh, at slot corner, and I forget the other. They got two slot corners, and neither of them are really physical enough to deal with this player. So Parker Washington, with the kind of routes he runs and with how the quarterback, Bethard, will probably lean into him, you're expecting another good performance. And the way he'll make a big play is he'll leave that slot corner in the dust. These other receivers on the team that will pull the safeties over to them. And quite honestly, they're already perplexed at the slot corner position in trying to stop Ingram in the two tight end sets. This is a wonderful situation uh, for uh, Parker Washington, and he's going to produce well uh, for this team. He's no Christian Kirk. He plays the game much differently but he'll certainly be a productive slot receiver. And it just shows, you know, our old boy Trent Balky, what a great name. Trent Balky running the show down there in Jacksonville, knows how to go in the fifth round and get the perfect player to step off the bench and contribute. After such a glowing endorsement of Parker Washington from one Farrell Elliott, I guess the, the biggest question for him is, who's throwing him the ball this week? Now, mm-hmm. the, here's, here's what we know about um, Trevor Lawrence. We know that he did not practice Wednesday, limited practice yesterday, limited practice today. Uh, Demetrius Harvey, who covers the Jaguars, said that he thinks he's 80-20 to play this week. So it sounds like Lawrence is going to go. We'll find out by 1 o'clock to 1 o'clock game. We'll Actually, we'll know by 11.30. Um, but when you look at what Lawrence does and when you look at how Parker Washington wins, the fact that Lawrence probably won't be that mobile, is that actually a boon for Parker Washington, given that Lawrence is probably going to have to get the ball out earlier? And that would be, you would think, to those Parker Washington routes. He, Ingram, and Etienne. It's, it's a good receiver game for a lot of a good running game. Uh, you know, let's look on the other side of who the quarterback is at Cleveland. I think we're at the, we're at uh, plan number four at quarterback for Cleveland. This is their fourth guy this year. So, you know, you don't have to play the whole playbook to defeat this Browns team. And it, it may be a closer game in the score than it really is on paper. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm torn about you know I don't I don't know the medicals of this. We we watched Burrow earlier in the year when Burrow was coming back from an injury, a different injury. But when you have a quarterback injured, um, they don't all play like Mahomes played when he was hurt, mm-hmm. and Burrow didn't either. And you saw when Burrow got healthy what he looked like. Um, 
if there's any adv- advantage to setting Lawrence and hoping that he would get better uh, physically and get back to his form, we'll just have to see what it looks like. I will tell you this. They have a, they have a third-string quarterback there, uh, Nathan Rourke, an Ohio Bobcat who came from Canada. When you take a, and, and he was successful in Canada before he was injured. And the NFL is certainly not Canada, but if you want to see him do his thing, go back to that Dallas Cowboy preseason game when he came in and lifted the team. And, and they really believe in this kid down there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, later sometime if, if Lawrence were to continue to struggle. Um, let's, let's shift their focus to what we saw last night in Pittsburgh. And that mm. was the re-inauguration of the, co- the re-coronation, let's call it, of Ezekiel Elliott. My God. <laughs> he gets the ball 22 times out of the backfield on rushes, gets 68 yards. But the story of Ezekiel Elliott's night, seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. This mm-hmm. is his first 20-touch uh, game of the season. Elliott, obviously, anybody who started him had to be thrilled. Um, it doesn't sound like uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is in any danger of playing in next week's game. It sounds like it could be the Elliott show again. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Kansas City defense next week, Farrell, and, and when you combine it with this Elliott action that we saw against Pittsburgh, how how likely should Elliott be in your lineup next week and in week 15 after what we saw here in, in Pittsburgh last night? You would be hard-pressed to find um... – another running back outside of the top eight to 10 running backs that would have as high a ceiling as Zeke does just because of what the quarterback's trying to do with him. That does not mean that linebacker play uh, different from what you had in Pittsburgh wouldn't uh, discourage that and, and make that uh, uh, maybe several catches, but for much less yards than, than he enjoyed. But, you know, Ezekiel is still a football player with a lot of gas in the tank. And, you know, people have given up on him a long time ago. Right situations, he can do what the team needs him to do. And, you know, he carried the ball last night, too, not for a lot of yards, but for a lot of first downs, for a lot of good down and distances that he set up for this team. Um, I'm happy to see that uh, anyone that had him, I have him in best ball a lot of places. I thought we would have a couple, two or three spike games like this in the season. We had to wait till. Uh, now week 14 to get one. Yeah, it's and it's unfortunate because like I checked all my lineups too. I'd actually have Elliott anywhere, and, and, which is weird because he was the perfect injury away type guy to grab. Um, and I didn't grab him anywhere, which is too bad, but it is what it is. We're moving on. Um, speaking of muddled uh, uh, or nebulous running back situations, my God, Farrell, what do we have on our hands against the San Francisco 49ers this week with the Seattle Seahawks? They go to Northern California to take on the vaunted uh, fighting Kyle Shanahan's there. And this is a 4.05 start. Why is that interesting? Well, Zach Charbonnet and Ken Walker both listed as questionable on the final injury report for Seattle today. In fact, Pete Carroll went as far as to say they are game time decisions. Now, if we read between the lines here, what we're seeing this week, it sounds like Walker and Charbonnet are both going to play, which would mean Walker is, is the starter again here. My question to you is, with so much on the line in league championship weekend, uh, are these guys just easy sits at this point since they're going up against the Niners defense and you don't exactly know who's going to be active, who's not going to be active for sure, and you definitely don't know exactly how the backfield breakdown for touches is going to go. I know it's weird to say it, but... I think at this point, unless you're desperate, 
probably got to sit both Walker and Charbonnet this week. Yeah, and the guys that drafted both these running backs to get to stack this situation probably look very smart until week 14. It's a difficult thing, and I would I would hate to be there. Fortunately, I'm not. Hope, hope their other back wasn't Pacheco. Maybe they're getting Jones back. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, – I, I wish we could see those two young backs healthy, and I guess mm-hmm. we'll have to wait to next year to do it. But those are – but for players this weekend, with everything that's at stake this weekend, that's not the move that I would want to make. I, I would I would try to find something else. I might even go on the waiver wire. He's not available, but Jarek McKinnon, you know, Jerry mm-hmm. McKinnon, I would put in the lineup. Or Keaton Mitchell, I might try to run him into this lineup if you haven't. It it uh, you you've got to get points out of that position. You can't be in an either or or neither. And what time is that game, Balky? Is that the middle four o'clock game or the early four o'clock? It's the early. It's the four o five start. Well, you might have you know you might have some extra flexibility there. Yeah. Um, the uh, Seattle Seahawks in twenty twenty four, I think, are going to be really compelling because mm-hmm. I don't think we saw this team at the peak of their powers this year. Obviously, Geno Smith battling an injury most of the season. Uh, Smith and Jigba it seems like he's finally coming on, but it took him a while to get going. <laughs> Tyler Lockett is another guy that that well, I mean, maybe Tyler Lockett has just been who Tyler Lockett is, where you're yeah. you know constantly get the EKG meter on him, and then the young running backs, as you said, we have not seen twenty twenty two Kenneth Walker this year, and we've only seen a few flashes of Zach Charbonnet. Um, we got Eric Wright, the fifth place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, coming up in just a minute. I do want to get to JPJ, Jim Parsons Jr., hanging out, watching us on mm-hmm. Facebook right now. He has a question at quarterback CJ Strouds or uh, CJ Stroud, beg your pardon, or Justin Fields. At this point, I will take advantage of, of Justin Fields' running ability, the fact that I think he can do numbers against the, the Detroit uh, uh, defense this week. So while I probably would have been playing Stroud over Fields the majority of the season here, Jim, I'm going to play um, uh, Justin Fields over Stroud this week. This is why we sometimes, Jim, want Balky to actually think long because he won't be wrong. <laughs> we want him to think long and come back to Stroud. And why is that? Why, why is Stroud a better start than Fields for you this week? Well, we'll get to talk about all the receiver okay. targets that he's got, but he's proven it. You know, you just look at the game logs. He's a winner, and he's proven how to be a winner. Uh, in Chicago, I'm not so sure. And uh, and I don't think they can get in a chase game with Detroit. I say that neither is a terrible start, but uh, with, with what Stroud would have done for my teams this year, I'm not going to play around in week 14 with benching him. Um, Trevor Holt has a question, Jaden Reed. Um, let's get to him later on because we do have an email, uh, for our guest tonight regarding that. So I'll get to that then as well as that. I know everybody wants to hear about the, the Edwards, Alaire, Pacheco, McKinnon thing. Uh, we'll get to that love triangle coming up in a little mm-hmm. bit too. Um, Alexander Madison or Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, Farrell, do you have a feeling on that? Jim also is, is facing that decision this week. Would you rather play Alaire this week, uh, as the Kansas city chiefs, are going up against the Buffalo Bills, a total that I think is like 48 and a half right now. Uh, and then Alexander the, the uh, Madison is going to be going up against uh, the Raiders in Las mm-hmm. Vegas this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go with Madison here largely because I'm leaning towards McKinnon in Kansas City. <laughs> Permar 99. CEH is a lock to be a Jag. We will see. He's been one, he's been one most of his career. I don't know if it changes now. And we're plus we're in the, the month of December. And December means three things. It means Hanukkah, it means Christmas, and it means Jarek McKinnon destroying other fantasy teams. It's yeah, going to happen. And, 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 you know, Permar is, you know, Permar must go into show prep on Tuesday afternoon. I mean, he is ready. He's always he ready. He's ready every Friday night. You know? I'll, 
uh, a guy who has been ready all year and he's been ready all episode tonight. Let's bring him in right now. He's having a fantastic FFP season uh, team in fifth place overall in the fantasy pros championship in several championship games this weekend as well. He's gunning for that $1 million grand prize in the fantasy pros championship. And right now only four teams are uh, separating him from the top spot. Please welcome onto the show. Mr. Eric Wright. Eric, welcome in, man. There he is. Hey, how you doing, fellas? He is. Doing, doing good. Doing good. Uh, you know, let me ask you uh, something I always ask everybody. When we're talking week 14, man, you see your team up in fifth place overall for a million bucks. How does that feel right now? It's, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I never thought I'd be there because, you know, my team, my last team I drafted on week one. You know, and they're like, wow, I'm in fifth place. And I'm, you know, my wife is, uh, she's excited. <laughs> I can uh, she's more of me, you know, saying we could be millionaires maybe one day. I don't know. I need a long way to go still, you know. Well, she <laughs> should be. She married an exciting man. <laughs> I hope so. She knows what she's doing. Exactly. That girl knows exactly. what's going on. Eric, exactly. what, when you are not hanging out at the top of the leaderboard of the Fantasy Pros Championship, tell the listeners how you're spending your time, what you're doing for a living. Oh, man. You know, I'm a conductor for the Class 1 Railroad. I'm up and down the roads mostly at the time. You know, we uh, pretty much work 24-7. Yeah. Know? Get like one day off here, one day off there. But mainly when I'm doing that, I'm listening to fantasy football on uh, all day long. I get in the car, fantasy football my whole life. You know, my wife, she leaves me alone football season because – she knows it's fancy football time for me. You know? It's always football season. Here. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know if you want to. <laughs> and you know when you you know what I do when I'm not playing fantasy football, Eric. What's that? I sit around <laughs> listen to train songs, man. I just listen to old songs about trains. You know, that's 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 a wonderful career. Exactly. Um, you know, Balky, I don't really know where we're going with this question here. You we, we <laughs> well do you back want to, in week one right back, we, we want to go all the way back to week one which you were in Las Vegas right you were at the Planet no. Hollywoods no you I was sure? online I saw a guy that looked like you don't <laughs> all right all right you you sit there on Sunday morning this is what I don't I've always wondered who is drafting on Sunday morning and and what. What what prompted you to join? Is it I got to get one more, or is I'm going to wait until everybody else has shot their wad and I know whatever? What is your mindset for the Sunday morning draft? I, I remember when those were first put up, Balky. I said, "Well, hell, those will never fill. Nobody's, <laughs> you know." And here you are. What, what talk to me about? That's it. what you just said, bro. I got to get one more in, one more in before the game start. That's that's that was my mindset going into that. This. Rank, uh, rank five team I got right now, you know, one more because like I, I got like ten I believe I got walkie with uh, F, FPC mm-hmm. teams, uh-huh. you know, and I got three in the championship now. I had another one we lost by one one point something points. The guy mm-hmm. had a uh, chase. He had chase, and I had a uh, uh, Eaton uh, Jacksonville running back. Uh, Etn, yeah, Etn, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, we came down to overtime. And uh, oh. I lost, I lost by one point something points, I believe, to get to the champ to the league championship game. But hey, that's hey, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, but I you want some like that. all cotton right now, baby. You're, <laughs> you're doing all right. You're doing. Yeah, I want something like that. You know, I won a lot. You know, a lot, a lot of times, winning by one point, 
you know, going to uh, championship, league championship games. So mm-hmm. it happened to me. <laughs> so this team, as you, you mentioned, you drafted this Sunday morning of week one. Um, and this team also features Jalen Hurts, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yet at the before the calendar turned to October, you spent nearly 50% of what you had left of your blind bidding money on CJ Stroud. Why did you want to make sure you got him on your team? And were you truly expecting anything close to what he's given you so far this year? Well, I had uh, Aaron Rodgers as my backup. And we mm. don't know what happened the first play of the game. So I didn't have no backup, real good backup that I could trust to back up Jalen Hurts. So I waited and I said, well, I seen third week, I seen uh, Stroud. He had 27 points. Fourth week, he had 27 points. The fifth week, I said, man, I might have to go get this guy. He's special, you know. And, and you see how what he's doing. Like in week nine, he had like 40-something points against Tampa Bay. And I wish I would have played him that week, but I didn't, you know. <laughs> you kept somebody else from playing him. And, it, you know, these these guys are sleeping in. These Sunday morning early drafters, Bucky, they're sleeping yeah. on Stroud. I mean, and, and, Eric, you had to see it two or three times before you went for it. Well, let let me ask you this just as a follow-up to that. Have Mm -hmm. you contemplated when Jalen Hurts has been healthy, how difficult of a decision has it been week in and week out when you have Stroud and Hurts on the same team? It's it's been difficult, especially when he had that uh, that 45-point game. I was like, Mm -hmm. can he back this up next week? And he didn't. Luckily, I didn't play him that week. But uh, that 45-point game, then he came back a couple weeks later, had like 30-something, three, 33 points or something. I'm like, this guy's special. You know, I'm like, I'm glad I got him. Nobody has got him. They can't play him against me. You know, they can't use him against me. So it worked out in my favor that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've, uh, you heard me waxing on about uh, Parker Washington. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big Parker Washington fan. He went to Penn State, but he is a product of Sugarland, Texas. I don't know how they got him up to Pennsylvania. Sugarland, right down there, Balky, where our, uh, our beloved uh, Lynn Renfro lives, right south of Houston. Um, By the way, uh, just uh, interesting trivia on Parker Washington. He is Josh Dobbs' cousin. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a family connections, man. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, (laughs) both these guys are both these guys are using this year to make their premiere on the NFL. Um, I believe that Parker Washington will benefit whatever quarterback takes the snaps this weekend for Jacksonville. Um, He's not Christian Kirk. He's a different player. What do you see coming forward for him? And since you have Washington on your team, but it is an elite team, will he be in your lineup this weekend? Unfortunately, he won't be in my lineup. I got three good studs mm-hmm. and um, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and I got uh, I'm Nico Collins. Those guys are okay. Those exactly. guys are okay. Yeah. And my running backs, I got my, I got uh, you know McCaffrey going. Mm-hmm. I got Mostert, but I'm thinking about benching Mostert this week. Oh, I don't no. trust him because the HN is taking a lot of time. Like last week, he took over the second half, and Mostert, plus he got that knee issue too going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm debating about playing uh, Ford mm-hmm. with Mostert on the bench because mm-hmm. I think Ford will have a good game this week. Mm-hmm. Don't think long. Ball can tell exactly. me. About it. Yeah, if you think long, you think, think wrong. wrong. That's always bad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, uh, and, and I'll throw this to you, Eric. Uh, John Terry hanging out in the chat. Um, he brings up Zay Jones, and Zay Jones in that Bengals game saw eight targets. He gets five of them for 78 yards. Is there something – are we forgetting about Zay Jones in this? Uh, you know, because, quite frankly, he was just as involved as Parker Washington was from a statistical standpoint. Yes, he was. 
Zay Jones is a great player. Good I, I player. Tried I tried to pick him up a couple weeks ago. I have enough money to get him though, but you know, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Zay Jones is a great player. Good, good slant route runner over the middle. If if we see that uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is moving all right and getting the protection that he needs, Zay Jones has a big game. He should. Yeah, but like I said, Washington. I think Washington. He should have a good game. I think we've seen ten to twelve points maybe this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting on. If he gets lucky with a touchdown, you got lucky. Yeah. Exactly. Is exactly. there is there anything, Eric? I mean, you said Nico Collins, one of your receivers. Are, are I mean. Is there any concern with him potentially facing Sauce Gardner this week? Yes. That you might you might flip Washington in there instead of Collins, or is that just thinking mm. you know, thinking too hard? I, you know, I was thinking about that, but I got I got a uh, Jaden Reed too on my bench. Oh yeah, okay. and I like his I like his matchup too. So I'm on the fence. Going you to can Sauce you Gardner. can understand why this team is fifth. And I'm also I'm going to bed next year in Vegas on Saturday night where I can wake up Sunday morning and draft because I'm liking the sound of this because you drafted the perfect team, my friend. And then you waiver wired yourself to further success. Exactly. And, and you know, guys, it's interesting how much different week thirteen is week fourteen. I know there was only two teams on by last week, but I've had, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, you know, my best teams lost in week 13 and they'll be playing for second place you know and this is your best team and it's it's flying the flag man it's it's impressive exactly i'm thinking because if christian walker don't play and that but it's on the monday night so i'm trying to i'm like i gotta wait i don't know that's my small hiccup right there i'm trying to figure Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna play collins or Jaden Reed. Man. You got some serious first world problems there, man. Exactly. You really, my room. You really do. Right, yeah. Exactly. Do you drive the Ferrari or do you know, you know, do you take out the Lamborghini? Which one are you going to do? I yeah. think if, if Dale would have played, if Dale wouldn't got hurt, I probably would have, you know, it would have been easy to play Collins. But now since Dale is out, I like Noah Brown. He's a rookie, but going against them two uh, Jet cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. It's going, to, it's going to be tough for him, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and listen, I, I know we're all excited to get – well, I mean, you know, everybody who had Kyron Williams is probably excited to get Kyron Williams back um, in their lineups uh, this week. But there is always the potential that Kyron Williams uh, or any, you know, stud running back could go down at any time, which is why we like to keep these backup running backs on our team. I know you have Royce Freeman on a few of your teams, Eric. Um, can you tell us a little bit about – how valuable he'd be? What what type of workload would he would he be facing if Williams were to miss any time? Is is he the is he the lion share type guy? Would would he all of a sudden be fantasy startable if that were to happen? Yes, you know McVay. You know he believes in one running back on his team. He like playing one guy. He'll run you to the to the you know your knees fall off. You know, and I believe you know Freeman's going to be that game winner for you, the championship winner if if uh, Kyron Williams ever get hurt. I, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you, that's why I'm holding on to him. I hope, I hope, I hope, you know, I don't want nothing to happen to Williams, but if something does, he's going to my lineup. Kyron Williams a, came right off the injury list and put up what a 30 for us. Yeah, that game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic player, and it did look that that sold me. I, you know, you talk about this roster. I did something to get ready in, in hopes of one of my team moving into the uh, championship. Uh, that you did, but I didn't, I probably didn't have to tear up over the player that I released. He had promise, but I didn't think he'd use him anymore. You've got this great roster. 
And as you get ready for the championship run where waiver wires are shut down, you picked up the second kicker. And I, I suppose I know why. I really <laughs> want to know who you dropped for that second kicker. And was it a tough decision? That's what I really want to know. Uh, it wasn't tough. I dropped, I think I believe it was Chase Edmonds, the backup. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's yeah. time to let Chase go. Chase Edmonds, I mean, I have I picked up a second kicker because I played in a couple years ago. I played in oh no championship game. Oh, and no. you know what happened? My no, he got hurt. He didn't play, so I got a zero, and I lost by three points. Oh no! Here in Kentucky, okay. we had a guy that did not need the second kicker. Matter of fact, he told everyone he did not need it, and he certainly did. He played every week of the championship with nine players, no kicker. I, I that happened with a bag Batoba. I think the first year he won the the FPC. He ended up winning two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars without a kicker. I, I I don't know if he went the whole championship round, but at least one week he didn't have a kick. He only carried one kicker. He got hurt or caught or something, and he ended up winning a six figure grand prize. And now this is not to make it seem like you know you don't need a second kicker. I'm with you, Eric. Man, like I want to carry second second kicker whenever I can, uh, for yeah. sure. Um, we talked about the Browns and, and Jaguars game earlier, and I don't I should have looked up Amari Cooper's latest status. Um, I think he practiced today, so it sounds like he'll be out there. However, you know, we know the situation with the Browns at quarterback. It is Joe Flacco throwing the ball out there. Um, I noticed you have a lot of Elijah Moore on your teams this year. Um, and obviously David Njoku is gonna factor into this as well. Yeah. Um, who do you think, if you could only start one Browns pass catcher, and you talked about Jerome Ford already, but one of those Browns pass catchers, be it Cooper, be it Njoku, be it uh, Moore, if you could only play one of them this week, who's the best start? I think Elijah Moore, just because he got, he's got the chemistry with Joe Flacco from the Jets. And that's why I love him so much. I'm glad they picked up Flacco because I know he knows more, more than he knows anybody else on that team. So I think Moore's going to be the one this week, hopefully. Because he's playing in he's playing in all my leagues. <laughs> but. When in doubt, play that slot receiver, especially exactly. when the tight end doesn't seem to dominate in the exactly. receiving uh, program. Exactly yeah, I like that. Uh, you you, I, I don't know. Maybe Balky and I should tell you what your toughest decision is. You, <laughs> you know, I, I would ask you, and you've already given us some examples. Exactly. Um, I need help. I need help. Are well, there more? Balky, well, I mean, you, you, you've got a guy, um, Mr. Wright here, that that has a terrestrial radio show there in Green Bay. Nobody knows more about Green Bay than Balky. And you, you've got a Green Bay wide receiver. You, you should move directly to him and ask for advice about what you should do with that player because Balky will deliver. All right, so a so, couple of things here. Let's talk about Jaden Reed first. Okay. Um, number one, he's questionable. He practiced, I believe he practiced again today um, with that chest injury that's basically been bothering him since that Chargers game when he took a nasty hit. Um, I don't expect Christian Watson to play Monday night. In fact, Christian Watson doesn't expect Christian Watson to play Monday night. That's pretty much all I need to know to, to understand that the two top receivers of the Packers, well, I say the two top ones, but let's throw <laughs> Dontavian Wicks in there too because yeah. Jordan Love's been pretty good at spreading the ball around. The one thing I will say about Jaden Reed is he seems to be the receiver this year, and I'm including Christian Watson when I say this. He seems to be the one receiver this year that 
Matt LaFleur really wants to get involved, even if it's not throwing the ball. We've seen a lot of end around, some jet sweeps. We've seen Jaden Reed involved in the running game uh, quite a bit this year. Similar to how Christian Watson was in 2022, we're seeing what Jaden Reed is doing in 2023, very similar to that. So now it comes down to, okay, let's look at Eric's other receivers here that he's got in his starting lineup. Nico Collins, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. I can't in good conscience play Jaden Reed over any of those guys. Then you look at the running backs you got in there. Currently, you have Mostert, Montgomery, McCaffrey. You already talked about sitting Mostert. I think if it's any one of those three guys, you can make a case that Mostert would be the guy that you would sit. I can't make a good enough argument as a guy who follows and is a fan of the Green Bay Packers to say, Eric, you need to get Mostert out of there and put Jaden Reed in. It's tempting. I'd love to play Reed this week. I think he's a fine start. But for a fifth-place overall team, I think he's got to stay on your bench. Okay. Like that. I like that was delivered with passion and clarity, Eric. Exactly. You know, that's, that's it a, happens once in a while. Once double in a while. Eric, so you mean no. you're getting your you're getting your money's worth. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, <laughs> now, real quick on this, because I, let's go back to your running backs. Uh, I already said Mostert, Montgomery, McCaffrey. You were talking about putting in Jerome Ford, Ford and then you you kept Najee Harris on the bench last night too. So yeah, you had Harris to to boot. Was that an easy decision? Like, okay, yeah. I'm not messing around with Harris against the Patriots. Yeah, that was easy. Uh, New England defense, they 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 good. They got a good defense. And plus, uh, last week against Arizona when I started him, I should have started uh, Montgomery. Would have got me three more points, but I still won. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean Pittsburgh. Mm, I'm not sure about them. <laughs> I'm not um, sure about them right now. The, yeah, uh, something's not right over there. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I like I and I work at the radio station. I work with a guy who actually came from Pittsburgh, and he's a massive Steelers fan. And he was like all season long, he's been saying, "I'm telling you, this is smoke and mirrors for the Steelers this year. It's all going to fall apart." And now we're starting to see, uh, you know, the Cardinals game last week, the Patriots game last night. It's been it's been a bad. Bad turn of events for for Pittsburgh. Uh, Let's get to a couple of emails, especially the emails I teased earlier in the show. Uh, Don in Metropolis, Illinois, Eric writes, uh, would you rather roster in the wake of the Isaiah Pacheco news, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Jarek McKinnon? Don in Metropolis, Illinois, we appreciate you emailing. So, Eric, if if you only have one roster spot available, uh, who's it going to be spent on, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Jarek McKinnon? I would go with McKinnon. Because he's more of a pass catcher. He'll get you that reception on one point per PPR. Just because I think he'll play a lot. Clyde is a layer. He's, he's, to me, he's got a little, he looked a little fat, a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is my opinion. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know McKinnon like is an, an interesting player. You hear about players that the more reps they get, the more touches they get, they, they, they pick up steam, they, they gain energy. They look better the more – and, and McKinnon fits that role. And, you, and they usually try to assign that to bigger backs. But McKinnon, when he starts getting going in the short passing game, he starts making people miss. He looks very fast. He works the angles very well. I'm a McKinnon guy. Yeah, because I am think I'm playing my, my championship game I'm playing now. The guy had a uh, last night. I'm down 27 already, starting before Sunday. Ooh. So, and of course – He had Elliott. Yeah. You know what Zeke did at the backfield last night, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. The points per reception. Yeah, exactly. He killed need him. a couple touchdowns. Exactly. <laughs> um, we are all of one mind. It's McKinnon here uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I know Farrell already said it earlier. Eric, we're with you on this. McKinnon is the guy for me as well. Um, we kind of already 
Well, let's open this up, Eric, because I kind of answered answered this for you earlier. Let's get your thoughts on this because this is a slightly different question. Bill in Grand Rapids. Hey, Eric, assuming Christian Watson misses on Monday night, would you rather play Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed? I appreciate it. That's Bill in Grand Rapids. Eric, I, I, I think it's Jaden Reed here. Um, mm-hmm. The great thing about Jaden Reed is if, if you do have both these receivers, you can wait until kickoff to find yeah. out if he's active. Um, I will say that, you know, Dobbs has been a guy that the that love has looked to on third down um, numerous and, and that fourth and one uh, rainbow that he threw to him against Kansas City. That was chef. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Dobbs or Reed this week, man. Who are you playing? Ooh, it's tough. It's Dobbs. It's, he's known for the end zone. He liked throwing them in the end zone for them touchdowns. But I got to go read because just, just for the receptions and hopefully he gets you a touchdown. The future of this receiver core and what it does for Josh Love in the draft next year is our uh, Jordan Love is in the draft next year is just beyond imagination. It's mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I I and like in and, and the other thing too that that really helps out starting a Packers receiver is you know Jordan Love was had such a connection with Luke Musgrave and he's kind of got one with Tucker Craft going back oh. to the degree that he had with Musgrave. Um so I mean that's that that works out for Dobbs or Reed or or Watson when he does play Permar already um uh piped in on the chat saying that he fully expects Christian Watson back next week for the for the playoff stretch run. Man, as as a Packers fan, I hope he's back next yeah. week. But mm-hmm. I know how tricky hamstrings are too. Exactly. So it's it's crazy. And and I, I was telling Permar in this in the chat, Christian Watson said um uh, to the media this week that he has spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to figure out for like from different doctors and and trying to figure out like why he's having these issues. He's trying to um, figure out if maybe his his back and his hips are are out of whack or he's not using those properly and then he's overcompensating for the hamstrings. I don't know. But this guy, if he could figure out that hamstring thing, man, sky's the limit for for him yes. and Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. He had a monster game last week. Yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable. Um, and and I was at that game at Lambeau Field, and the it, it and I'm probably a little bit biased here, but every time Watson caught a ball or did something, crowd was just a little bit louder than if it was Dobbs or if it was Reed. Like Packers Reed. fans love Watson, and and I know fantasy owners want him to succeed as well. Exactly. Farrell, I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll let you uh, offer up the last question here for Mr. Wright. Mm, the last question. You know, there's a lot of people chasing you in the number five position. We've had one gentleman came on. We need a mathematical expert because one gentleman came on talking about the 20-point lead not being that big a lead. You know, I I don't know. It, it, it I love watching the live scores from play to play and the, the real-time leaderboard that the FFC It's very exciting. Yeah, it, it is. You know, we have a Trevor Holt. We'll never forget the number 2.38. He sat on it for three quarters, and that's where he was to finish second in our KFFSC one year. Um, let's go outside of your team because we may have exhausted your team. Um, and you can't use Ezekiel Elliott as an answer. But who's somebody that FFPC players should start this week that we haven't talked about yet that might unlock a chance to catch – those of you guys at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, it could, can you just think about the whole schedule? Everybody's working. Everybody's active. Is there a player out there that you really, really, you know, you're really happy you're not playing against him because you, you don't have him on your team? And Man, if you did, you'd be happy about it. Yeah, I got one for you, Pearl. OBJ. Mm. Oh, yeah. Revenge, revenge. If you look at it, oh, what, what, yeah. as Connor did last week against Pittsburgh, 
Juju did last night mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It's OBG time. OBJ time Sunday against the Rams. I like OBJ. Oh, oh still waters uh, run deep, don't they, brother? Yeah. I love it. Revenge, I love revenge. It. Yes. Revenge. I, I and I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. We'll see what happens uh, yeah. with with Odell Beckham, and quite frankly, we'll see what happens with your team going forward here. Not only in League Championship Week, Eric, but but the three week sprint that begins in Week 15. Uh, I know this is exciting for you. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Hopefully, the ball bounces your way for sure. And uh, listen, man, if if you end up cashing that million dollars, that that'll soften the blow of losing in that semifinal last week. No. <laughs> the championship will be for us, exactly. and we'll and we'll have you back on the show to talk about okay. how you're going to spend that million. All right, definitely, definitely. All right. I have one question for you, Ball. Go for it. I'm uh, help me out here, please. Yep. I think I'm really thinking about benching Moster for mm-hmm. four. Yep. What do you think about that? Well, uh, you know, listen, I, I Farrell knows this that um, I, I have said over and over again when it comes to plays like that i am a weak man it it takes a strong man to do that so i am not the right person to say hey can can you sell me on starting jerome ford over raheem mostert all i can say is this for the majority of the season mostert's been better i like that offense with tua tunga vailoa with miami much better than jerome ford and the cleveland offense with joe flacco the game script for the dolphins is positively uh, in favor of, of a Mostert, A-chan type game. This could be the type of game, I know you're worried about A-chan, and why wouldn't you be? I'm worried about him too as a Mostert <laughs> yeah. owner. But this could be the type of game where A-chan goes for 110 yards and two touchdowns, but Mostert could still have 80 or 90 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. Um, I understand anybody who would, but that would be the best possible advice I can give you. Not saying it's right, just saying what I would do. Mr. Yeah. Wright, it did, Mr. phonetically, Wright. the man's name is Must Start. I mean, come on. <laughs> you right for Let's get something done here now. This man's I'm, I'm, in the I'm, top I'm five. Keep this this is what we need. This is what we need. Because, you know, they're saying a knee injury. I'm like, well, okay, they might blow this. His, knee's been, hurting. His knee's been hurting since Purdue. It doesn't matter. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and I know that, that I mean, they're – They've been resting him, you know, during practice this week. I think he got an. I know he practiced today, and I think it was a full practice. So I think it's wheels up for Mostert. We're giving you the kiss of death here, basically. The the fact that we're all saying Mostert, and uh, he'll probably end up getting you know twelve carries for twenty five yards and no scores. But I still think you got to play. Gotcha. I've seen uh, the four guys in front of me. Three of them got most of starting. So mm-hmm. it's I'm, it's. I mean, it, it's. I'll tell you this: that that <laughs> that would make sense if this was like week seventeen. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. I think you could make the case like, okay, I got to be different somehow. I wouldn't start doing that in week fourteen um, when you know you're just in league playoff mode where you're trying talk to win your win your talk, league. So talk yeah. long, you talk. Yes. Long. All right, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Eric. Be good. We will talk again soon. Appreciate good luck it. this weekend and the rest of the way, man. Thanks, guys. Have a happy holidays. Yeah, you do the same. Thank you so much. Eric Wright, ladies and gentlemen, the fifth-place team owner in the FFPC uh, Fantasy Pros Championship heading into Week 15. Week 14, he's got the championship, uh, league championship, that he's going up against Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, God, but just it just stinks to to start off a week like that, Farrell. But that is fantasy, and it does happen to the best of us. We'll see Mostert might catch Ezekiel Elliott. Jerome Ford's not going to. Are you willing to say that? Um. Yeah. I well. 
okay, there's a non-zero chance that Ford catches. I love that non-zero stuff. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, numbers, it, it, if you look at the FFPC leaderboard right now, mm-hmm. how many FPI teams can you find in the top twenty? Are I'm we looking? Yeah. Are we looking at? Um, are we looking at main event or fantasy pros championship? Well, we're point? we're interested in the main event because that's event. what's going on right okay, now. Okay, let's do that. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Nothing wrong with the fantasy pros championship. No, but if FPI is 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 up there, I definitely want to. I definitely want to look you know, at I just, it. I just just want to give those guys a plug. So it's you know it's all I'm saying. You know, okay. uh, Petra and Larson have had a wonderful year across all formats, including the KFFSC, where they will be challenged by one uh, uh, Don Erickson and, and Jim Cole, currently second place in the KFFSC. Yep. Do you see a bunch of uh, FBI teams in the top twenty there? I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, um, Jump right off now, the board, at you. Now again, that we had a game last night. Had so a game. Ah, oh, there you go. You so they may not be. They may use the whole guys. thing, doesn't it? I see one in 24th right yeah, I now. I think they had a few, yeah. I see one in 37th. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at, uh, at the top. let's see, what else do we see here? Yeah. Um, scrolling down. Uh, now my computer is locking up. Hmm. Um, yeah, 60, proved 65th, 67th. I mean, and hmm. these these are teams that, that didn't have anybody going last night. Yeah. 64 in the top 70 already. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's been a heck of a year. God, those guys, I don't know what it is, Farrell, but um, – there, if there's a shortage of horseshoes, we definitely know where to go look. Yeah, yeah, and and it's uh, it's not luck because they wouldn't be doing it every year if it was. But you that's know, the might, thing; they do we, it every year. <laughs> we might need to get these guys. Uh, we might need to get these guys on the show. Although yeah. anyone following the double Eric's to the show, that's a tough act to follow. That's well, the FBI could pull it off. Uh, that that uh, that I have no doubt. Uh, let's go to our man, Reddy, here. Um, he talked. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Pick up Clyde Edwards-Lair, Jarek McKinnon as running back four stash. We are Team McKinnon all the way. And then he also has this question. Zay Flowers or Calvin Ridley? Farrell, this is a slam dunk for me this week. I love me some Zay Flowers if the other choice is Calvin Ridley. I love Zay Flowers, but in that offense, there's just not the – there's just not enough targets to generate what possibly could happen for Ridley. I don't think you've been high on Ridley all year, Bob. No. Matter of fact, you said he was a bust, and you that's proven your ilk and those like you wrong, and we aren't holding that against you. But, um, I, you know, I, I think I'm going to roll with Ridley there, and I love Zay Flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been a fun. And like, the thing is like, I was never like captain Zay flowers either that we, we talked about this. Like we saw a separation of these rookie receivers. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was flowers. It was Johnston and, uh, Addison. And then who's the other one I'm forgetting Smith and Jigba. Um, we saw all these guys kind of bunched up to, mm-hmm. together. And then I would say with about three weeks, four weeks left in drafting season, all of a sudden, Zay Flowers really separated himself, mm-hmm. and at that point, I was kind of out on Flowers because then I thought he was going too early, and I wasn't, I, you know, I, to me, I was much much rather take a guy like Addison or JSN, something like that later on. Now I banged the drum for Flowers all through the season, and you know, true. when he came out in Week One, I think he put up seventeen points. I think he has the Tyreek, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill uh, possibilities uh, in his game, but it, it, they're they're just going to have to feature him. And he may step up. You know, if he steps up here at the end of the season, uh, that's that's kind of what we're, we're looking for. We're seeing rookies uh, do that around the league. So, you know, the, the, look, hey, 
ready. Either one of these guys, you can't really go wrong. Right. So you really don't have much of a problem. For what it's worth, Eric Wright did say look out for Beckham against the Rams. Yes, yes. Too. So that's something we should keep in mind. All right, let's go to Keith in Atlanta here. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Is Russell Wilson actually the better play over Justin Herbert this week? Thank you, Keith in Atlanta, for your email. Uh, Justin Herbert is going up against the – oh, they're playing each other this week. Yes, uh, It is in Denver, Herbert versus Russell Wilson. Who Are you sure it's in play? Denver? It is in Los Angeles, like I didn't say. It's, it's in Los Angeles at SoFi, right? So yeah, I think that's home. where they're having them nowadays. Yeah. So you got Herbert uh, at home versus Russell Wilson on the road there. Which quarterback do you like better in that game for fantasy purposes? Um, it's close, especially what Wilson's been doing with his feet. But uh, Herbert, it's hard for me to, to separate from that elite core of receivers, even though there are some injuries right now. There's some very elite receivers led by Keenan Allen. And the fact that uh, – the fact that Herbert has thrown the ball over 40 times this year in at least six games, I think I'm right about that. If you look at the game logs, you'll see that kind of uh, aerial pursuit by the Chargers. So I'm going to go with Herbert. One, two, three, four, five times this year, at least 40 passes. Have we got um, a 39 in there? We have got a – no, I don't see any 39. <laughs> I see 41, 47, 40, 40, and 44. So, so, and the thing, like, I think there's some similarities here because there's really only one trustworthy receiver um, on Denver and that's Cortland Sutton. There's only Mm -hmm. one trustworthy wide receiver on um, Los Angeles and that's Keenan Allen. It's going to come down to, um, you know, whoever makes the big plays. Uh, I I like Sutton this week and I I think Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson hooks up with them. That said, I'm still rolling with Herbert over Russell Wilson. Like I said, weak man, weak men normally go with the, the stud that they drafted earlier. Um, so for me, it's it's Herbert over Wilson, um, and Eckler gives the Eckler gives the element of uh, getting something done out of the backfield. Although yeah. the, back, the receiving backfield in Denver has 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 been very positive as well. What what happened to Eckler this year? I, I can't put um, my finger on it. He he's had some good moments. It's not. I don't believe it's injury related. He has some good moments in the middle of the season. Put together five, six, seven. I think uh, weeks were were really good, but. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything that's happened with him physically or, or uh, uh, from it's just a standpoint of production and, you know, what what other teams are trying to take away. If you can take that element away from the Chargers, you've accomplished a lot. Um, another email here, Matt in San Diego. How do I handle my last flex this weekend, Chuba Hubbard or Keaton Mitchell? Thank you. That's Matt in San Diego. We appreciate you, Matt. Um, Hubbard probably had his best game of the season last week. 104 yards and two touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell's really coming on, and they're coming off a bye here. Uh, Mitchell is at home against the Rams. Hubbard is at New Orleans. I think I lean towards Mitchell here, Farrell. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to do that after Hubbard ran the ball 24 times for over 100 yards, touchdowns, and caught passes. I don't think so, Bonky. Do not shoot the horse that won the race. Hubbard is proving that he is uh, the go-to every down bell cow back. Mitchell is, Mitchell is explosive and wonderful and fun to watch, but he's yet to touch the ball. I don't think he's had 10 carries in one game. Um, the uh, And you gotta, you got to bore into those statisticals, Balky, and I don't think anything like that's going to change. So even if he has six or eight carries, even if he averages 10 yards a carry, it's not going to catch our man that's carrying the ball 20 times. Keaton Mitchell has never had 10 carries all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine, three, eight, and nine. Um, he's he, flirting. 
He's he hasn't, he's been close, but he hasn't hit it yet. Only six catches on the year, too. Now, granted, he's only played in five games, but still, six catches on the season mm-hmm. is not ideal. I may have to rethink this. I may have to look at Miles Sanders. Or, excuse me, uh, Chuba Hubbard, not Miles Sanders. Yeah, I have to look at Chuba, Chuba. And the other thing to consider, too, is, I mean, it, it, Gus Edwards is still getting goal line in, in Baltimore, and you do have Justice Hill still kind of, you know, gumming up the works, as I always like to say. And you've got some guy there named Jackson that likes to run the ball. Yes, that's that's another great point. All right, you've sold me. This doesn't often happen. I'm with you. Oh, that's true. I'm, it's it's, it's Hubbard over Mitchell. Normally, once I I stick with a guy, I stick with them, but I can't. Speaking Maybe. of selling you, Balky, are you planning on coming to the KFFSC Super Bowl draft and party? Every it's open to everyone. Yeah, I am planning on it. I All right, very good. I, 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 I am trying to make final preparations to make yeah. sure my children are taken care of that weekend. Yeah, and once I get will. Home, they'll man. be there when you get home, no matter what happens. <laughs> um, let's see here. What do we got for? Oh, we got time for two more. Let's do two more here. Um, where did I have it? Roy in Asheville, North Carolina. Do I risk a low floor game with Gabe Davis this week over Chris Godwin? Thank you for the email, Roy. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Davis is always like a low floor type guy, but man, that, I mean, what did I say earlier? It's like 48 and a half, the total on that game uh, for the Bills and, and, and the Chiefs. So I do like the idea of, of Gabe Davis coming through. And Chris Godwin, kind of like weird stuff going on there with, um, um, with was it his wife on Instagram or, or Twitter calling out uh, Todd Bowles or something about Godwin coming out of the game? Or I, I don't know what it was. Um, but, but certainly I like Mike Evans a lot more than Chris Godwin uh, in Tampa for fantasy right now. But the question here is Godwin versus Davis, Farrell. Mm, I think this game, uh, Tampa at Atlanta, it is. It at is um, at Tampa at Atlanta, yes. Yeah, I think this is a game that um, that Atlanta rises to the top in this division. I think they get defensively. Uh, they play a very difficult game in tight. The best chance of, of uh, Tampa moving the ball is to hit Evans deep and over the top. And I did not see this. I didn't see this working this way. I thought Godwin would be the man and Evans would struggle this year. And it's it's been flipped. Uh, that that proverbial script has certainly been flipped on me. And it, it uh, I, I think Godwin is hurting, uh, you know, and, and, and let, let me tell you, you know, because Trevor Holt says something, Eckler is still hurt. Mm-hmm. If you go through an NFL training room in week 14 of the NFL season, everybody's hurt. Every, even the guys that haven't played are having sympathy pains. I mean, everybody in the damn locker room is hurt. It's different levels, but they go out and play. And, you know, it's impressive of what you've seen. But I think, Davis, you say about the floor, Balky, and, and, but, you know, every time I look up, Davis is scoring touchdowns. And, and he seems like he's more than a, a contributory player to the receiving core there. I, I think Gabe Davis is what I want to go with in that matchup. All right. So I was kind of torn on this. Um, and uh, then I, I looked at the at the chat. Trevor Holt uh, is mm-hmm. saying Gabe Davis. Permar99 is saying Gabe Davis is in a smash spot because the number two mm-hmm. wide receiver blows up against Kansas City every single year. And so I had to look at this. Um, and I was like, okay, let, let, let's look at the stats. Gabe Davis versus the Chiefs in his history, in his career. Four games, Farrell. The first game, one catch, seven yards. The second game, one catch for 16. Not very good. The mm-hmm. third game, eight catches, 201 yards, and four touchdowns. The fourth game, three catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. 
I think I'm going with recent history on this, and I'm saying Gabe Davis. I think it might be a good idea. Permar is also put in here. Um, now, see, Permar is just he's he's really at the upper echelon of commentary, and then he comes up with something like Eckler has lost his long speed and his contact balance. He's dust. Permar ninety nine has been reduced back to Permar fifty nine at this point. <laughs> Come on, and yes, oh. it, but but we got great love for him because he shows yeah. up. Yeah. But you know, he just he he just he 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 just that was a bad that was a bad commentary. You did you did point out too that and I, I pointed out the highlight of the comment here that Baker Mayfield's been locking into Mike Evans, which is true. I mean, he has been. Uh, Mike Evans is quietly. Mike is Mike Evans a Hall of Famer, Farrell? Ten yes. straight years with a thousand yards or yes, more. Yes, they should eliminate the five year rule. But the uh, uh, <laughs> put him in right now. Yes, but you know Mayfield locks into Evans only because Baker can throw it up and Evans can run underneath it. And you, you don't have to have all that great kind of uh, uh, reliability in your passing game. You don't have to be right on target if you just throw it up and let your super receiver run under it. The final email I want to get to tonight here is from Pat in Cincinnati, High Farrell and Balky. Need some FFPC tight end magic this week. Mm. Brevin Jordan. Or Tucker Craft have a great week 14. That is Pat in Cincinnati. So the first thing I look up when I hear um, uh, about um, um, Jordan is what's going on with Dalton Schultz. Well, six hours ago, the Texans ruled out Dalton Schultz this week, which means it could be wheels up for Brevin Jordan. Three catches for 64 yards on five targets, played 75% of the offensive snaps this past week. Jordan is your guy this week over Tucker Kraft. This is coming from a Packers fan as well. Um, <clears throat> Jordan Love spreads the ball around pretty well to, to a lot of receivers in Green Bay. There is one more receiver taken away from C.J. Stroud this week in Tank Dell. And quite frankly, maybe another one. We haven't talked about it a ton. I know I mentioned it. Maybe Sauce Gardner takes away Nico Collins. This could free up a lot of stuff for Brevin Jordan this week. I'm going Jordan over Kraft. It, it, yeah, Balky, I and mean, I don't think that pains you to do it because even though, you know, it's a fellow Packer, but um, oh, Brevin Jordan, what he is, he is a um, a tight end, but he's he's got a running back's body and he's got very good hands. And, and Ingram is the closest thing to him in utilization in an offense, but um, Jordan's probably a better athlete. And so, what we're dealing with here, when when they acquired Schultz from Dallas, I took it with a little bit of pain because I had such great expectations for Jordan, and we gave Jordan out last year, last weekend mm-hmm. as a play, and he and he did well. He'll continue to do well. He has all the athleticism, speed. It, it, I, I think he was a favorite of the last coach who didn't have a lot of favorites down there. And that might be why <laughs> that might be why the front office stacked up another tight end on the team. But this this is really a, a star player who can deliver with this quarterback. Uh there's nothing wrong with the tight end. Uh, what, what's the name? Kraft? That's the kid. Out Kraft, of, yeah. South that's the kid out of Sandy uh, uh, South State. State. Uh, this is a good inline blocking tight end. Who has pass receiving skills that he demonstrated uh, in that conference? Um, it was at the Missouri Valley, I believe. He demonstrated in college. He does a lot of things well and is a very good NFL player, but he's never going to deliver us in fantasy football uh, what we need. He'd be a great, 
it would be a great bookend to the Musgrave uh, there over the years. Uh, Bonky, what what round was this player taken in? Which one? Uh, the Kraft. Kraft was a third round pick this okay, year. Okay, Kraft was a third round pick. I think Jordan with Houston went later. It's sometimes you know this is a perfect need player in Kraft, and they need him just to do enough in the receiving game, and and he, he'll do it. But he's not. He does nowhere near have the potential ceiling. Uh, that Jordan does in this Houston offense. Last question, and, and we'll get it from our man Reddy here. So he's deciding he's going to pick up uh, Jarek McKinnon, but he's got to drop uh, one receiver off his team, Farrell. It's T. Higgins, it's Joshua Palmer, or it's um, uh, Jonathan Mingo. Which one of those receivers should he drop for uh, to pick up McKinnon? I'm going to say you got to hang on to Higgins. I, I'm a little bit partial to Palmer. I would not feel comfortable starting Mingo at any point the remainder of the season, even though he's coming on. So I'd probably be dropping Mingo for McKinnon. You drop Mingo because if, when Palmer does get back, if he can escape through that 21 game, a 21 day window, and get back on the field, he joins all those great options in that um, in that Charger lineup and the 40 plus pass per game quarterback. So that's what you want to do. That is what you want to do. And another thing that our viewers should be doing is playing in the KFFSC and hanging out Super Bowl Sunday at Caesars Southern Indiana. Oh, that would be good. Yes, exactly. So make sure you're signing up or registering. And what's the best way to do that, Farrell? Uh, go to KFFSC.com and sign up. And, you know, uh, Reddy here is, is and it's called the Sweet 16. It's a 96-team tournament, a $300 entry fee with a $10,000 grand prize. Ready? We get. We said no, Jawan Johnson last week. We said that on the show, and I'll be damned. He goes out and starts him and cost himself a playoff spot. Oh, man, uh, uh, you know that's a tough stuff, man. Yeah, it tough is tough. Yeah. Very tough. Uh, Ready? You can uh, drown your sorrows with me and uh, enjoy some bourbon and the Super Bowl uh, coming up in uh, in February. Farrell, we appreciate you. We will continue to play kffsc.com. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. We'll talk with you again next week. See you, brother. You got it. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. KFFSC.com is where you need to be going to uh, to play fantasy football. Starting in Jan- January or fe- uh, February uh, is when everything kicks off that Super Bowl uh, Sunday weekend. Uh, Farrell will have live drafts going on uh, at Caesar Southern Indiana right outside of Louisville. I want to thank Eric Wright. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for streaming, downloading, watching, listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern time for our kickoff of championship round weekend in the Fantasy Pros Championship and the FFPC main event. In case you missed Tuesday's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, we had $100,000 winner Michael Cobb, who also happens to be in 25th place in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, you can check that out on any of the FFPC socials. The show will return this coming Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. In case you missed last night's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC social media channels, channels you can re-watch it on those same channels we had football guys dave kluge on a lot of fun uh, chopping it up with him leading into a surprisingly high scoring steelers and patriots game last night this coming thursday we will go live again at seven o'clock with best bells fantasies bradley stalder uh, who will be my guest co-host for the two-hour program that night go to myffpc.com to play in the ffpc weekly challenge no draft or salary cap you can play with a 10 player roster or a 12 player roster 
Watch those points pile up. Only one player per team. You can win up to $2,500 and enter for as little as $35. And don't forget, those of you who are asking, the FFPC Playoff Challenge is open for registrations. We have the $200 one where you can win $500,000. We have the $35 one where you can win $100,000 as well. No draft or salary cap there. It's the same uh, format as the weekly challenge. You're going to pick 12 players and you watch them ride throughout the duration of the NFL playoffs. So literally set it and forget it. Uh, you can uh, enter that at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share with your friends and enemies and get notified every time we go live. This show goes live again, 10 o'clock Friday. The channel will go live again at 10 o'clock on Tuesday for the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Should remind everybody, too, that uh, um, if you are not playing, first of all, if you are playing in, the, in your championship um, game this weekend, good luck in the Fantasy Pros Championship in the FFPC main event. Um, if you did not make it that far, that's okay because we'll have the weekly challenge for you available if you want to play it this week. And we'll also have the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge as well. It is getting to be that time of year. Um, remember that uh, fantasy is not over until the Super Bowl. And by the Super Bowl, we'll probably have another tournament and some other leagues open for you for a couple of weeks at that point. It's all at myffpc.com. Uh, I am biased, but I certainly recommend it. Check it out, and we will talk with you again next week.